listening to a Drishti Point podcast. Please visit our website for more inspiring interviews on yoga, spirituality, and wellness. Good evening. You're listening to Drishti Point on Vancouver's Co-op Radio 100.5 FM. I'm your host, Maduri, and I'm here with my special guest this evening, not ghost, <laughs> Gary and Rada Bello. And I'm absolutely thrilled to have them here, uh, partly because there's two of them, and we're going to be talking a little bit about the merging of East and West from the yogic uh, philosophy and perspective and how these ancient practices, philosophies are completely applicable today, not something that is of another time and culture, but what Gary and Radha have really done is distilled this wisdom into something that is digestible and easy to access and apply for transformative results. Gary and Radha are both therapists, consultants, authors, speakers, and teachers. They have a recent book called Enlightening Moments, and they've founded and directed wellness centers in both Canada and USA. Gary and Rada have been married since 1977, and I find this, uh, in this day and age, quite uh, <laughs> celebratory, a celebratory fact, and uh, I feel like that's what is also quite unique about the two of you. Not only have you both had your own individual spiritual paths, practices, and journeys, but you've also managed to... Uh, bring in the yoke, the yoking of a relationship that is sustainable and Mm. long-lasting. And you must know something that a lot of us, uh, a lot of us don't. So thank you for being here today. Our pleasure. Welcome. Thank Thank you. Thank you. So let's start off a little bit, if you don't mind, just sharing a bit of your background and how you came to be where you are today. The short form. The short form. <laughs> We've only got an hour. <laughs> uh, well, it's all, we were in the state, both of us, and we actually were both on the yogic path. Back this is back in 1970. Yeah, 19, yeah, starting in 1970. I was teaching yoga in Vermont. And I um, was teaching in New York City, and then I was sent up to Montreal to start a yoga institute up there. This was back in 1972. Right, and so I went to a 10-day silent yoga retreat in Newport, Rhode Island. And back then I was a meditation monk, so I was teaching. And both of us were on the path because we were introduced to yoga and realized, oh my goodness, there are tools and there are methods that have been around for literally tens of thousands of years that are about how to navigate the stressful times in your life successfully. And not only that, but how to connect to a place inside of us that is the source of wisdom, intuition, love. So with those two um, points made to both of us, because we've talked about this many times, we both put ourselves fully into the practices of yoga. And through the years, we've, as you mentioned, you know, we've been very fortunate to design a career and write livelihood by running nonprofit organizations and holistic health centers and serving the community, but for us it's very important that, as you said, because we're married, it's about relationships and how important relationships are in life. Relationships to yourself, relationships to the planet, relationships to your job, and certainly to the one you love. 
you know, so many people think only in relationship is in terms of partnership. Yeah. But right. we're in relationship to everything in every moment. And we really, that's what yoga has had us focus on and look at is ha- what is in that relationship? How connected are we to ourselves? And then how do we project that out onto our world? And because we started back in the 70s when um, yoga, the first real resurgence of yoga, because it had been brought here in the 1800s and had been very popular with the theosophists and with a number of movements. Swami Vivekananda was accepted um, greatly, uh, open arms. But in the 70s, what took place was, and our teacher, why we were attracted to our teacher, because there was many wonderful teachers back then, but Swami Satchitananda very specifically said that if you're going to be successful with these teachings, you have to serve others. So there has to be a component of giving. Because these practices are so powerful, and it allows you to gain insight, you understand how a person's psychology works, you even understand their body type, and you understand the best way to communicate with them which are some of the practical ways that we share, we share this science with our clients and with our students. But if you know all of that, you have a responsibility to act with integrity. So the practice is first and foremost about the purification of your mind. And then secondly, in order to be able to serve others, you need a healthy body. So back then it was very, it was beautiful because we were both attracted to the same teacher. Um, and his emphasis was, yes, these things are transformative, but make sure that you use all of the energy and all the insight you get and serve others. Yeah, I think one of the things that we were sharing with you before that we really appreciate about Satyananda was he was so practical in his approach mm-hmm. to yoga. Yeah. You know, it wasn't about standing on your head. He says, yeah, everybody can you know, learn to stand on their head, but does everyone know how to stand on their feet and really be balanced and complete in the world? And that led us then to meet some remarkable people through our association with what's called Integral Yoga. And Swami Satchidananda allowed uh, Ram Kurtz, who was a premier psychotherapist. He was in Eswan in the 60s. Mm-hmm. And he, had a star, he started a body-centered approach to physical and psychological health, especially psychological, mental, emotional health. And we became very attracted to that. So when I did my master's degree in psychology, I then began a six-year practicum with him. And that allowed me to really learn the, ascent, the essence of the Ayurvedic body types and how the mind and the body connection works. So when I'm working with um, one of our clients, a CEO of a billion-dollar company, well, he had to learn that because he's, so, he's, he's brilliant. He's a successful business person in the world, but he would power up and overpower other people just by the nature of his body type. So when I began, we began to work with him, but when I began to do sessions with him, teaching him a simple thing like a breathing technique, Deerasvasana, three-part breathing, and instructing him about how if the CO2 levels in your blood is too high, you're going to trigger the fight-or-flight response, and there's going to be too much acidity in your body, and maybe that's why you're having this problem with digestion. So we have been able to, because of the guidance in our teachers, apply the physical and the psychological aspects of living healthfully in the world and bring them together seamlessly. And that's that bridge that we're both focused on in our life. Yeah, it's so exciting to have studied so much of this ancient wisdom which can be used in every moment of our lives. Mm. I mean, that's what's so great about it. It's you're able to take like a simple breathing technique and that can help to get you back into balance. People just don't realize how incredibly rich that ancient teachings are 
And so that's what we've done in our book and through our workshops and seminars that we lead, really is to reintroduce those ancient teachings and make them applicable to Western. Yeah, unless it's relevant to our Western culture, what's going to happen, it's going to be relegated to just a physical exercise program. And, and for sure, which is seen by 20 million people doing Hatha Yoga now, uh, and I imagine a good deal of them are getting into the, the finer aspects of the Vedas. Uh, there's many fine teachers in Vancouver who do that, Jeffrey Armstrong. There's, there are people who are teaching that other aspect of it. But what's really important is that right now we learn how to deal with the tremendous amount of pain and suffering that's happening. The financial meltdown was a natural progression to the degree of greed that's going on in our culture. And I feel very deeply that the greed doesn't come from some devil. It doesn't come from evil. It's that people are distracting because they don't have the tools in order to contact that place inside to, connect to the place inside of them where their wisdom can flow. They don't know how to, like, because we're using computers, a really simple analogy is they don't know how to download the information that is absolutely essential so that they can navigate life, um, have a good living for their children, do good for the family, but also make a difference on the planet. So that's really important to teach these techniques in a way where people realize, okay, I'm disconnected. That's what's wrong here. The situation has to be changed, but first I have to be in balance. So interesting. People, you know, especially here in the West, we all are so oriented towards thinking our way through everything. You want to figure it out. The mind loves to take a problem and analyze it and, and really work it and figure it out. And we've really lost that being in touch with that intuition to be able, as Gary was saying, to download the information, to be connected on a level that doesn't get filtered through our past Beautiful. experiences, yeah. through through our concepts, through our ideas of how it should be, instead of just being in the moment with how it is. Which sounds great, but how how do we do that? That's the question. What's the, what, what's the first step? Yeah to moving in that direction? Awareness. That that is the essential question. And the journey begins with awareness. And what do we mean by awareness? Um, We can be aware that we're hungry. We can be aware that we need to sleep. We can be aware that someone needs our help. But that's the awareness that's dealing with the practical world. There's another type of awareness that we'll call just pure awareness. The part of us that knows, and this is the part that's within everyone, each one of us has a genius. Each one of us has a special talent. As a matter of fact, we know from having these studies and working with so many people over the years that everyone has something to offer the world. And by offering it to the world, it then connects them to their own genius, which then allows their true self to be integrated fully in a way that's relevant and useful to the world. So, awareness is the first point. And what we have now called the Bellow Method is a method that, and this is the first step, where you can recognize, and we do this in our coaching, but it also comes out in our relationship seminars, um, you can recognize your special genius. That's the first step, to be aware of what makes you special. And in doing so, you will then get in touch with 
the as, every aspect of yourself that, when out of balance, doesn't function at the highest level. So it's a combination of connecting to the part of you that is a balanced, loving, wise, aware person, but, and in some cases, more importantly, to be aware when you're disconnected from it. So it's both sides. It's so interesting. You know, we go through a day, and I'm sure most of you have had this happen, where you wake up and it's rainy outside, as it is often here in Vancouver, and you go, oh no, another rainy day, ugh. And you watch yourself get affected by the outside world, by outside situations. You know, the person who cuts you off in traffic, the bus that goes just before you get to the bus station. You know, and it's, it's, all those things add up, and as your day goes on, you become more and more agitated. And you think it's because of everything out there. And you don't, with the awareness that we're talking about in the Bell Method, you become aware that it's, yes, all those things are triggering something in your life, but they're not what's really happening. And I mean, I know that for myself. When I get really upset about nothing, it seems like, when I look back <laughs> Which on I it, give her many opportunities <laughs> to get in touch with this. You know, I mean, if you're married or if you're in a partnership with someone, you definitely have yeah. lots of experience. Yeah, this is one you have to learn early <laughs> on. <laughs> and you want to, and you blame the other person. And you real, and it's basically, it's usually nothing to do, or it definitely is not the intensity of your upsetness has nothing to do with the situation or the person you're blaming. So, Can we pause there, take a music break, and I want to come back and talk about that intensity of the blaming and the disconnect between what's going on. Perfect. Welcome back. You're listening to Drifty Point on Vancouver's Co-op Radio, 100.5 FM. I'm your host, Maduri, and I'm here with Gary and Rada Bello. We're talking about relationships and awareness. And just before the break, uh, Rada, you're speaking about intensity and blame. <laughs> can you what say more about that? <laughs> I think we can all relate to that one. And, and that really does go back to what we were talking about before the break, which is to recognize when you're disconnected. Because... I may say something that comes from an imbalanced place. So I may say something to Rada, and it hurts her feelings. Now, I have to take responsibility for that. That's for sure. However, um, because I said it, somehow it triggered something in Rada. And that trigger, which she was mentioning, that trigger ignites something that's much bigger than the situation in some cases. And then immediately, and this is the important point, it disconnects us. That's actually a sign we're disconnected from our intuitive, wise self. And therefore, anything we do to try to deal with the situation is really jeopardized because we're out of balance. And we're just adding fuel to the fire. In most cases, yeah, for sure. So what we realized, and we did this, and for our 25th anniversary, one of the things we did was to redo our vows and also to reflect on how do we get here? You know, how did we survive some tough times? Because there were. There were absolutely tough times. And unfortunately, at that time, there weren't a lot of teachers who were taking the, the real essence of the Vedas and yoga and making it more practical, especially in relationships. And I was a meditation monk, so that's how I dealt with relationships with women back when I was a kid, 21 years old. But here we are in a marriage and having to deal with things. So we reflected and realized that what was necessary was a system so that when we got upset, we would take 
responsibility for the upsetness and once we are able to what we call deactivate the emotional explosion and the corresponding self-limiting belief that gets activated because anytime we're agitated we're really feeling out of balance and we begin to believe something about ourselves that's really not true and that's really important to understand that there are signals when we're disconnected from our own wise divine self and some of these signals are there's something wrong with me we begin to feel I'm alone no one's here for me I'm unsafe it can go so far as thinking I can't trust and this these kinds of self-limiting beliefs can really fester beneath the surface and then when I say something to Radha it could trigger whatever hers is in that moment and she could because it's triggered by what I said because I still have to take a, take responsibility for what I'm saying but she then realizes I'm upset we both do this and we have a five-step process that we realize comes straight from the Vedas this is not ours we've just rebranded it and reworded it the acronym we use is grace so that G when you get activated you're aware that you're activated because how many times do we get upset and everyone out there listening I'm sure you can understand this we get upset and we don't realize it and it may be an hour later that we realize oh my goodness I'm distracting what's going on here I didn't want to overeat you know why am I on the computer playing this game what's going on here so it may be hours later so what we do is we work on ourselves and share this with our with our clients that as soon as you get activated agitated you recognize it so that's the G then you recognize your patterns and this is something my pattern is to say to try to fix the situation when I'm upset right because I tend to believe there's something wrong with me when I'm out of balance that's the signal that lets me know I'm out of balance so if I'm feeling something's wrong with me and Radha's upset with me because what I said well I'll try to fix it Radha's pattern this is the R in grace really interesting because you know I think that one that triggers me is listening we get to listen to our stories that we tell ourselves about the situations in our life and that's part of bringing in the awareness and recognizing yeah, the, the stories, yeah. If you sound, you know, if you hear yourself being victimizing yourself, you know, this oh, that they always do this to me, or this always happens to me. And if you make yourself a victim to the situation or to the people or to your job, you can be sure that you're activated. You can be sure that you're out of balance at that moment if you put yourself in that, you know, in that story in that way. And that's usually how I pick it up. If I start blaming someone else, if I'm pointing the finger out there, then I know that there's something going on inside of me. But some people live in that state perpetually. Yes. Isn't that true? That's very yeah. true. They, will be, they are issue activated. They are living in a disconnected state. And they've come to recognize that as natural. There's a term we use in, in physiology, which is homeostasis, mm -hmm. where everything wants to always remain the same. And even if it's a dysfunctional behavior that isn't really helping us because we're used to it, our whole body postures itself around that defensiveness. And I think something we need to say here is when we use the word victim, we are not speaking about um, someone who is being abused, um, adult or child, mm -hmm. especially children. And we're certainly not talking about physical violence. And there's so much of that in our world. So what we're speaking about is very specifically when you're in an interaction in your life and you get upset by something that's said or things don't go your way. So we're looking at how to deactivate that. So if you recognize your patterns, that's really important. So I'll power up. 
Radha's pattern is to run away, to try to disappear. Now, think about that. We've been married 36 <laughs> years. I power up and want to fix it, and she wants to disappear and run away. Can you get the sense of how we walk going through the house? I'm trying to, <laughs> come on, hon, let's work on this. And she says, I don't want to talk about it. Um, so then, then what do you do? Well, that's it. Well, that's the, that's yeah. the awareness. So if you recognize yeah. your pattern, that's the because R. Because if we see that we're stuck in that pattern, if we... And usually it doesn't go to that point, and yeah, you know, because we've been thankfully working. now, yeah, yeah, we've worked on that point. I mean, it's very unusual day we'll see ourselves doing that now. But it was really helpful for us to develop the Bell method was by watching ourselves to mm-hmm. use our interactions as a as a way to to work through what we saw as a dysfunctional. Now, the re- recognizing your patterns means you have to really have a practice where you can step back and observe your mind. You have to have some practice in place that allows you to self-reflect. So recognizing your patterns is very important. However, unless you're able to, we call it jumping out of the system, you know, just sit back for a second, which is what we do. So as soon as I recognize my pattern and I take responsibility for that pattern, right? so that's that, that R, the A comes about in grace, and that's accepting that I am the cause of my discomfort and pain and accept that I'm the only one who can fix it. Because when I'm hurt, of course I want Rada to make it better for me. I mean, you're in a relationship, right? We love that uh, that song by Holly Cole, uh, Take It Away, right? Make it better. Um, it's like the theme song of, of the codependent because please make it better, honey. But Accepting responsibility, the A in grace is essential, and as soon as we do that, what we realize, and this happens for everyone, if you stop for a moment when you're upset and realize, okay, how did I add to this? How am I responsible, at least in part, for this? Well, something happens, and the C in grace is curiosity. You begin to get curious, and in that moment, your life begins to change because you're open to new possibilities. You've now allowed yourself, in a very simple four-step process now. You get to it getting curious about, well, I love this woman. She's very important to me. So what's going on in me that all of a sudden I don't feel that love? Is it because she's not loving me or is it that I'm disconnected from that place inside of me that can feel the love? Hmm. And in that moment, insights come. We need all of us. Every one of us needs to get out of this cycle that we're caught in, which is very frustrating we call it the frustration cycle, because we want to make changes, but we keep doing the same thing over and over again. So the teachings of yoga are phenomenal because they give you so many techniques in how to control your breath, how to get better concentration, especially in a time where the types of foods and the degree of stress we have. We have children now, uh, young adults in their 30s, getting Alzheimer's. First time in history it's recorded. So something we're doing is affecting our brain and our mind in a negative way. So the yoga techniques have always been about how to keep that channel open and clear and how to have the tools to deal with every stressful situation in your life. Yeah, I think that one of the, you know, you were asking what do you do in that situation and and it's when you're in the midst of a storm, you know, it's very hard to to, to switch things around. So it really it's the practices that you do on a regular basis that really allow you to prepare for those times when you really get upset. Especially, yeah. So, you know, having a meditation practice, we really encourage everyone to to develop a meditation practice, however they do that. 
you know, there's many different ways to meditate. There's many different methods that people use in meditation, from mantra to, you know, you know, trotic. There's many different methods. And find one that works for you. And then it's basically a commitment to doing it. And, and of course, the hatha practice to keep your body healthy, to keep you in balance. You know, the, the balancing poses aren't just to keep you in balance physically. They also help to keep you mentally balanced and stable in your life and looking toward basically a point, being able to be focused. And all the practices in yoga, I mean, there's also the sutras from Patanjali are amazing in giving you different hints, and, and we do those in the book and through the Bellow Method. We really give you some tools that you can use, you know, whether it's the pranayama, the breathing techniques. Yeah, the truth is, is that our Western psychology um, can be traced right back to the Vedas. Uh, Freud studied them, and he had a very major influence on our psychological um, evolving theories and therapies in the, in the past many years. And Freud studied the Vedas. His whole, his whole concept of ego and it came from the understanding that each of us are, are conscious beings who are incarnating or entered into a personality and a physical body to be in this world. But that who we are first and foremost are conscious beings. And that the personality, depending on how you form it, the personality is a conduit for that divine intelligence. So, if you understand yourself really well and you've gone through a process, such as the ones we offer, but there's many, many out there, but that allows you to know what your strengths and weaknesses are, that's key. That's essential. Mm-hmm. Because then when all of us get upset, and I don't know anyone who doesn't get upset. If anyone out there never gets upset, please contact us. <laughs> I want to learn how you're doing it, because it's not my experience. Right. So, it's more about, are you aware when you're upset, disconnected? And do you have a method in place in order to reconnect again as right. soon as possible? So what do you do with the upsetness instead of That's correct. blaming ourselves for getting upset? Right. Mm-hmm. We're going to take another little music break, and we'll be back with Gary and Radabello in a few moments. Welcome back. You're listening to Drishti Point on Vancouver's Co-op Radio, 100.5 FM. I'm your host, Maduri, and I'm here with Gary and Radabello. Gary and Rada, before the break, you were talking about your acronym GRACE, and the piece that caught my attention and I wanted to come back to for a moment is the R, the responsibility. So once we get triggered, so to speak, or activated by someone, what does it look like or what does that mean when you say we have to take responsibility for our actions? Can you give an example? Sure. Um, An example would be that uh, I have a client who finds that... um, He has he starts relationships, and in his relationships with women particularly, and this is a wonderful, a very intelligent man. This is someone who's very successful in a business, and uh, he is now 35 years old and never has never really had a long-standing intimate relationship, and he would like that very much. And he, as far as I'm concerned, he's a he's a find. He's a wonderful guy, but somehow um, he has not been able to go deeper in a relationship so that he has formed a marriage or certainly a more intimate uh, partnership with someone. And so he began to feel there was something wrong with him. So he was making himself wrong for not having a close intimate relationship and didn't realize that in fact he was shaming himself. And and by shaming himself, that's very, that takes the air out of your balloon. I mean, when you 
start saying there's something wrong with you. That's why women don't like me. You know, and he is a really wonderful man. I've gotten to know this guy. So he puts himself down. When he got to the recognizing his patterns, so first he became aware that he was doing that because he didn't realize he was even doing it. So the G then is getting agitated with awareness. So he got that. Then the R, which is two things. It's recognizing your patterns. And his pattern in that moment was to make himself wrong. So instead of just being there and being in balance and keeping his heart open, which would allow him to work through relationships, he was making himself wrong and he was actually bailing on relationships very early on in the process. Well, also the thing that happens with that also is you're very self-critical. In order to deal with that self-criticism that you have all the time, you start projecting that out onto the people in your relationship. Yeah, really important. So he became so critical of the The women women that he was meeting, nobody could fit his idea of perfection because he couldn't be perfect himself. So if you can understand that transference that people do when they feel that badly about themselves, then they're going to also be critical of others. So one woman wasn't funny enough, but then the next woman was funny, but she wasn't, didn't have a spiritual practice. And then this one had a spiritual practice and was funny, but she did, I mean, she wasn't physically attractive. It was always something. So when he recognized his pattern of making himself wrong and then projecting it out on his dates, he then, and here's the accepting responsibility, so that recognizing your pattern and taking responsibility goes into the A in grace, accepting responsibility. What that looked like was he realized every time he became critical of the woman, he realized that something was going on inside of him. Mm. Now, the truth was there are some women who you're not meant to partner with, so that's the truth, but he didn't have to make them wrong. Right. And so he recognized this, this shaming process that he wasn't dealing with. So when he took responsibility for that, he got real curious about, oh, I wonder if I've met some really nice women and I just kind of blew them off and, and, and didn't give them a chance. And so that changed his life. Hmm. It did. Tremendously. He got curious about it. He got curious about what was happening, why these patterns kept repeating. Because I think we all, I mean, if you subscribe to the idea of reincarnation, you can see that you come into a life with a certain challenge this time around. There's lessons to be learned. Lessons that you want, that you basically have chosen to learn. And those lessons keep coming back. And, you know, they may come back in a little different form, but basically it's the same over and over again. And you learn through that repetition, you know, to deal with it differently. Hopefully. (laughs) Yeah, hopefully. And you get to see, eventually it comes up to, you see it as a gift. You have that opportunity every time it comes up. That's the key. To be different. Because the E, so you, as soon as you accept responsibility that I am causing this emotional turmoil, there's something going on in me that I have to deal with, then you get curious about it. And that's where we offer methods. There are specific techniques you can do to deactivate this upset and reconnect to your own wisdom, your own wise self. Because that's, that's ultimately the key. The type of work Rod and I do, we're not um, the type of counselor or therapist or even coach that tells you what to do, because what we know is that that genius is within all of us, and I don't know what's best for you, but I can recognize that you are disconnected from your genius, 
And so we offer tools and techniques so that people can start to take more responsibility for themselves, but they need the tools to get back into that place of genius. Then the insight just comes. Then you know what's best for you. Right, and that's a power, an empowered place to very make empowered. decisions. And that's from. what an enlightening moment is. It's that moment when you're totally tuned into your intuition. You know what you need to do. You know, you know where you're going. You feel complete in that moment. Mm-hmm. Right. So we're coming up to the top of the hour, and what's the missing link between? I know a lot of your foundation is from your yogic practice and yogic philosophy and the ancient texts and scriptures, what do you bring that makes it a little special, unique? What makes it the Bellow Method opposed to something that's Thank you for asking that created 5,000 yeah. years yeah. ago and just being regurgitated? The, the approach that has been used in teaching yoga and the Vedas has relied on the Sanskrit language, uh, it's relied on practices that are for sure part of our daily routine, chanting, meditation, keeping your body healthy, diet, all of those things. However, we're Westerners, and we're living in another culture, and it was one of the reasons why back when I was a Swami in the 70s, with the, with the, with the grace of my teacher, I left those vows, and he made me an interfaith minister, because I wanted to do all the practices, but we have to make it relevant to people in the West. So, the difference is is that yoga truly is a psychological approach to life. So, there's a philosophy in there that's very, very specific. It understands how the mind functions. It understands the importance of memory, analysis, and also the ability to just perceive things as they are without distorting them or coloring them. So, our approach is much more based on body-mind therapies. So, things that originate, although they originate from the Vedas, and that's important, what has happened is you can't just go back to an ancient culture and learn it that way. And we've been to India 18 times. We spent three months in the Himalayas retreating every year up until a few years ago. So it's not that we don't respect our lineage and our heritage. However, we're Westerners. And in order to get more people, 10 million, okay, I'm happy. You need 10% of a population to start a revolution. So it's starting. But not just Hatha Yoga. It's got to be in a change of dealing with the stress of life. And so for Rod and I, what we do is we make it relevant by taking your, for example, the CEOs that we work with, who are, two of them are owners of companies. They are very, very powerful people who are doing good things in the world. But they're powering up, and their ability to forcefully get their way was not working in their personal life. It might work in the business world, although I have questions about that too, <laughs> but it doesn't work in your personal life. And so in order to fuse together your personal and professional life, which you see a lot of problems with in our Western culture, families are deteriorating. People are putting too much emphasis on work and earning money. There needs to be more balance. So what we do in our method is we take the person and we get them to get in touch with their genius, their strengths. So we want them to maximize their strengths. But, and this is a big shift in most therapies, we want them to understand and utilize their weaknesses. We want them to understand what happens when they're disconnected. When they're not downloading, they're just reacting, reacting. They're just living from the past. Mm -hmm. So our approach is very much in the moment, and we take real-life situations. So we want people to have goals that include 
um, a healthier lifestyle that include having more intimate relationships and I don't mean physical intimacy I mean the ability to be authentic and to communicate in a way where you honor the other person we do a lot of work with communication we want you to understand the stages of a relationship we need some more relationship tools out there before I marry anyone I work with them for months ahead of time you know before I was going to get my pilot license. They made me go through an amazing training. But people can go in and get a license for marriage and get married in a second. No, 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 no. Something <laughs> wrong here. Yeah. So what we offer people is very practical ways to take their life and to, trans- to ch- make changes that allow them to be more present and be more successful personally and professionally. Mm, and that's so great that you are both bringing this uh, into the mainstream and into the world. It's such a... Uh, maybe throughout all history it's been needed but it feels like now more than ever the relationship to oneself one another community and the world at large is so integral to the health of our individual Mm. self and our planet yeah Yeah. it all starts with the relationship you have with self Mm. you know if you're not connected inside into you if you're not connected on the level of of yourself, you're not going to be able to be in the world in a way that's really authentic, helpful, and works. And our children need to learn techniques in order to survive the challenging times ahead. And those tools are all there already in the betas, but they need to be rebranded a bit so that they're more practical and useful so that we can get people who are not going to walk into a yoga studio, but who will benefit from this. Because for us, it doesn't matter what name you give it or what you call it. It's a technique that works. And so we want to make that available to people. Yeah, I think the main thing with our book is that we basically have taken the Sanskrit and the yoga out of it and made it a practical method that you could give to your mother. Yeah, which people are doing, actually. Yeah, that you could give to your boss. I mean, it basically... It's a tool, it gives the tools in a way that, that demystifies the, the yogic science, which has been around for so long and works. And works very well. So how can people find out more about the two of you and what you do? And please share with us if you've got any upcoming programs, uh, how people can find your book and the, the series of DVDs and CDs that you also yeah. have available. So all that can be done on our website, which our website is Pacific Horizon consulting.com pacifichorizonconsulting.com right and you can go there and um, we offer complimentary sessions so people can then just um, talk with us come in or we do I do a good deal of my work on Skype so I have um, clients around the world so you can go to that site and book in a complimentary um, session you can also just um, travel around the site and all of our products so our book is there you can download our book. It's on Amazon, so you right. can purchase it through Amazon. Yeah, the ebook is on Amazon. Um, and shortly in 2013, so this year, we're going to be offering a seminar webinar series so that uh, all around the world people will be able to join. So that's exciting for us to get it out into the world. You know, um, this is this is a very it's taken us 40 years of practice to feel like we're really um, practiced enough that, we're, that we want to share it with others. Because there's many wonderful teachers out there. I mean, we're really fortunate to be in a, in a profession that, all, that has so many really good teachers. But because we're offering something that's somewhat unique and focused on the individual, the couple, um, that the Bellow Method gives us an opportunity to share our method with people. So they can go on, on, online and 
find that all out. Well, thank you both so much for taking the time to be here today, sharing your wisdom and your inspiration. It's a testament to the two of you that what you're teaching works uh, by the very fact that you've been together in a yeah. loving marriage for so many yes, years. It's wonderful to be in that position. Yeah. 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 Well, thank yeah, you. We're very thankful. And thank you for this opportunity. And thank you out there for listening. It's mm-hmm. been wonderful to have this connection to all of you. Wonderful. Namaste. 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 Thank you for listening to Drishti Point. We dedicate our efforts to the health and happiness of our listeners and for the health and happiness of all living beings. 